And welcome to the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. We bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. All right. Big news. If you haven't heard, chances are you had, that President Trump and his wife have contacted COVID-19, the Chinese flu, the Wuhan flu. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to talk about the fallout of this whole white supremacy thing that came out of the debates. I mean, it, it's, it's such a prime example of how biased the media is. Got a couple of other political stories I'll roll out. And then in the second segment, we're going to I want to visit this whole uh, Antifa refuse fascism connection with the George Soros open society and all that. Because, you know, out of the debate again, and there's a lot of stuff out of the debate here that, that, that we're still talking about this week. You know, Biden said that Antifa is an idea. Well, I don't think so, Mr. Biden. There's more than an idea here. And I want to I got some more uh, information on that that i think ties it all in together that this is way more than just a simple idea so let's get into it let's talk about first trump contacting covid 19 so he tweeted out at 1 a.m friday because this man never sleeps that uh he is contacted or he uh got covid 19 now it was also known that one of his aides, Hope Hicks, had gotten COVID-19. So we don't know exactly. I mean, the news is starting to trickle out. So maybe it's out now by the time I finish this broadcast. Where he contacted COVID-19, it could be from many sources. It could have been from Hope Hicks. We don't know. But at this point in time, it's really irrelevant. So there's a couple of angles here to talk about. First of all, let's talk about the left's reaction and then talk about the possible um implications of all of this and the complete blow up that it is now here's the left in a nutshell this is the left the left has got and, and you can go find this on several social media platforms because typically what happens when a conservative falls ill or conservatives pass away the left dance on their grave i mean you've seen it i mean it's 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 ghoulish it's uh, reprehensible, but it's so typical of what the left does. And then what they do is they overplay their hand. Now, some of you may remember this, the Paul Wellstone funeral a long time ago. Paul Wellstone was a Democrat senator, died in a plane crash, had a big, massive funeral that the left came out and just used it as a platform to just bash President Trump. I mean, it was bad. Several um, GOP lawmakers walked out, but it backfired on the left. I mean, it backfired bigly. Bush went on to win re-election, but it was just, I mean, a huge backlash. And the left does this continuously. So here's some of the, the rhetoric that you're hearing from the left, you know, talking about on the debate that he was blowing pretty hard in the debate stage. You know, now Biden should be tested because he was on the debate stage with Trump. So, and then also the, you know, that Trump, you know, why should he worry? He's taking the hydroxychloroquine. And then the big one that the left is using, ah, this is karma, karma coming back to bite Trump. So they're using this as a method to just completely attack the president. Not, not in no shred of decency whatsoever. So prior to anyone else or anyone else getting COVID, you know, prior to Trump getting COVID, the left was all about compassion of preventing people from getting this horrible, horrible, horrible disease. I saw on one social media a leftist uh, moron, because this person is a moron, um, basically saying that this is a fully preventable disease and that Trump, you know, 
through precautionary measures such as wearing a mask could have prevented. So if this is if the left is going to start coming out and say this is a fully preventable disease, then well, let's open up the country, right? I mean, if it's fully preventable, then why are we closing the country? Are we closing the country because the government doesn't believe the citizens of the United States will take the necessary precautions? Well, if that's the case, then obviously it's not working. So let's open up everything. But that's just no, that's another side conversation. I didn't want to get into that in the conversation, but this is what the left is saying right now. Their their lack of compassion and lack of humanity is being displayed for all to see. You can go on Twitter. All these celebrities are coming out that are basically saying karma, 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 karma. It's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Now, here's the thing, though. It is also a canary in a coal mine. If the left does this, watch it all blow up in their face. They're, they're, they're going to throw this all out there and it's going to show the world, one, their lack of humanity, their lack of compassion, and two, what if Trump, nothing happens to Trump? All he said was he got COVID-19, he's contracted COVID-19. <clears throat> by all intensive purposes, by all reporting right now, there's no symptoms. He's asymptomatic. His wife is asymptomatic. So what if the president now has COVID and he doesn't get sick? That is going to blow up in the left's face because if he doesn't get sick, then all of a sudden, wait a minute, um, <clears throat> president of the United States contracted this. He didn't get sick. Well, then what if he takes hydrochloroquine and it, it helps him? Wait a minute. That's another narrative to, for the president to, to show everybody that, look, that we don't have to shut our country down. What we we got we have things that will help people. <clears throat> you know, the president's over 70 years old. All intents and purposes, he's overweight. He's a high risk factor. What if nothing happens? What if he just contracted the disease, the virus, and he's asymptomatic and Melania is asymptomatic and nothing happened to him? The market crashed, by the way. I don't say crash. The market dropped on news of COVID-19. So also somebody made a pretty good point on some of the social media platforms that I'm on that since the market crashed and if they believe that something's going to happen to President Trump, the market goes down. If they believe that Biden would be the one to win now because of this, the market would have gone up. So is this also another sign that, <clears throat> you know, Trump is doing well for this country? Uh, but anyway, I want to push that aside. The, the key here is, one is, what happens if Trump doesn't get sick? What does the left do? How do they, how do they reconcile the fact that they wanted to shut our entire nation down? You know, everybody's got to wear masks, all this stuff. And then a 70 plus year old man who's overweight contracts this. He's a leader of the free world and he doesn't get sick. Doesn't look good for the left. So you know what the left will do, don't you? I guarantee this. And you know this too. Then they'll start saying that he faked it. He really didn't get the virus. So wait for that to happen if President Trump doesn't show any signs of sickness. Now, what if he does show signs of sickness? What if President Trump all of a sudden becomes very, very ill? Well, the left again will go on with their karma um, nonsense because they're just they have no humanity. They have no compassion. They're soulless people who have a black pit for a heart. I'm sorry. They just do. The left is 
absolutely some of the worst people in the world. They are the, the nastiest, the meanest, vile people, uh, and their hate consumes them. And they just and they push it out on their social media platforms. It's just amazing to see the vitriol that I see in comments from my social media platforms from the left. I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, ad hominem attacks. It's all just nasty, nasty stuff. And right out the gate, they come out nasty. So if President Trump does get sick. You're going to see that from the left. There's, there's going to be some vile, vile and, and God forbid President Trump passes away from this oh my gosh the left will be uh, they'll they'll be dancing on his grave because that's how much hate they have in their heart so what if he does come become sick well america is a compassion nation we're a compassionate nation uh, we rally around our leaders in times of um strife so president trump becomes sick i believe most americans will rally behind him most americans are wishing him well most Americans, decent Americans, are wishing the president got, um, health with Godspeed. But a lot on the left are just not decent people. So they just can't do it. They have to dance on the graves. So if the president's symptoms are asymptomatic and we don't see him get sick, then, uh-oh, that's bad for the left. All right, if the president gets sick, then you're going to see this nation rally around the president uh, now, God forbid the president died before the election, which I don't think will happen, but God forbid that'll happen. That'll throw a lot of a, a wrench in the machine, obviously. Now, again, I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't even want to entertain that thought, but you know the left's entertaining that thought. So now, what happens with the debates? What happens moving forward? Well, President Trump said that he and Melania are going to um, quarantine for two weeks. You know, the debates will go on. So far, the debates will go on. But ah, I tell you, the, the hatred from the left is going to backfire. It is going to bring more support to this president than uh, he had already. It's going to literally blow up in their faces because it has historically in the past and it will again. And then when it does blow up in their faces, they're going to start saying he faked it. You watch. I guarantee you that's going to happen. Now, Vice President has all, uh, Pence has tested negative for COVID-19, so I'm sure they're going to keep them apart. And I'm sure they're going to keep testing because Hope Hicks, who was one <clears throat> that I don't, you know, the, the media is not really saying that she's the one that got everybody sick but or infected everybody. But obviously, there, that seems to be the um, ground zero is Hope Hicks. So they'll be testing all the people around her. So we'll see if there's going to be more people. But, you know, um, my prayers go out to the president and his wife. I pray that this does not uh, um, affect them where it's debilitating. I pray that he is asystematic and continue on managing and leading the nation. Sorry, I had to hit the mute button for a cough there. And I pray that we move forward as a nation. And I, I, I really do pray for the left that they can contain their vitriol and they can have some humanity and some compassion for somebody getting this disease. I mean, you know, you can put away your opinions, put aside your opinions. You know, I don't like wearing masks. I don't really believe in all this. Um, I, I just I think we need to open everything back up. I think herd Im immunity needs to happen. And I don't think until we do that, we're going to get through all of this. 
So, yeah, am I downplaying uh, the virus and the disease? Uh, you know, some say yes, but that's my opinion, and I should be able to have it just as you and everybody else should be able to have their opinion. I mean, if you want to wear a mask driving in your car alone, that's that's on you. If I don't want to wear a mask driving in my car alone, that's on me. If somebody contracts this disease, then you know what? They should be provided the utmost care like everybody else. It shouldn't be where, well, you weren't wearing a mask, so you shouldn't get care. No, it shouldn't work like that. But unfortunately, in our society, it does. All right, well, let's move on from this, and let's get into this white supremacist meme that's going on around here. I mean, so uh, during the debate, you know, Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump, will he condemn it? He said, sure, by the way. So he said he's condemned. Him. But here's the thing about this. And this is what's making the rounds right now. It's because it's getting to the point of ridiculousness. How many times does Trump have to condemn white supremacy? How many times? Well, apparently uh 16's not enough because uh, there is a story that I'm going to go over here in just a second where the president has 16 times. This is from a website called U.S. for Trump. Uh, and 16 times Trump denounced racism, uh, and and he's still he's still still being called held accountable for not doing it. Jim Acosta, who's just a horrible reporter for CNN, just tweeted out um, yesterday the. <clears throat> Uh, at 9.51 p.m. yesterday, Jim Acosta tweeted this out. Trump has finally condemned white supremacists on Hannity. Finally condemned? Trump has been condemning white supremacists supremacy and racism for a long time. And, you know, this article from USA for Trump, they have it 16 times. There's been more times, I'm sure, than just that, but they've got a list of 16 times. I'll just give you the dates of when he did it. February of 2017, uh, another time on February 21 of 2017 during a visit to the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History. Uh, he, one of the... Another one, uh, another speech on August 20, August of 2017, where he denounced racism, anti-Semitism. Uh, another one in August of 2017, where they, he said, we condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. Uh, all through August, you know, 2017, after the Charlottesville incident he's been denouncing racism here on august 14th of 2017 racism is evil and those who cause violence in its names are criminal and thugs including the kkk neo-nazis white supremacists and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as americans he said that on august 14th 2017 and jim acosta who is supposed to be a reporter comes out and says, finally, he's condemned racism. Well, Acosta, how about you finally become a reporter and start reporting? I mean, there are 16 incidences that this website has pulled and, and, and through, from 2017, several in 2017. And then, and here's one, August 11th, 2018, the riots in Charlottesville a year ago resulted in senseless death and division. Trump posted on Twitter, we must come together as a nation. I condemn all types of racism and acts of violence. Peace to all Americans. August 11th, 2018 is a tweet where he did that. Does Acosta's on Twitter? I mean, this is absolutely maddening that he needs he's put on the defense for this when you know what? It, it's time for Trump to just come out and say, look, you if you want to report, report. 
but why don't you go back and report all the times where I did condemn racism? Now, Trump, a lot of times, doesn't do himself any favors. During the debate, he allowed Chris Wallace to kind of get under his skin. That whole um, Proud Boys thing where he said, stand by, I'm going to get to them in a minute, too. But he allowed Chris Wallace to kind of get under his skin a little bit. And what he should have said is, I have been denouncing this since my beginning of my presidency. Why have you not reported it? That's what he should have been saying. I mean... This one website, I mean, they put together, and it's pretty simple to do. Anybody can get online and do this. Anybody. These aren't reporters. This is some people who run a WordPress website, and they show 16 times where President Trump has denounced white supremacy, racism, bigotry, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where really, really? Now, what do, do Americans you know, not see this? Of course Decent Americans see this. People who uh, pay attention see this. And of course, the left, all they want to do is they just want to keep beating that racist drum because when every nail is white, every hammer is a racist. I don't know what that means. I just thought I'd say it, have some fun with it. But it's just gotten to the point where it's absurd. It's just absolutely absurd. Uh, Kylie McEnany, McEnany, the White House press secretary, uh, yesterday, did, uh, this is from Red State, Mike drops Fox News reporter over white supremacy question. He later has on-air meltdown. So if you've not seen this, it's uh, McEnany. I got to get her name right. McEnany. Anyway, Kaylee. She's awesome, by the way. Just simply, simply awesome. So today's White House press briefing was, and this is from Red State, was chock full of contentious moments between the press court and press secretary Kaylee McEnany. I think I got it that time. Most notably over the already answered question of whether or not President Trump condemns white supremacy. Fox News chief house correspondent John Roberts, with Fox News, by the way, was the first to be called on McEnany at the briefing. And he was one of several reporters to bring the issue up. Kaylee, if I could start off, I'd like to ask you for a definitive and declarative statement without ambiguity or deflection. As the person who speaks for the president, does the president denounce white supremacism and groups that espouse it in all their forms, Roberts inquire. McKinney answered by noting Trump has done so multiple times over the years, including on Wednesday, as well as during Tuesday's debate. And she goes on to say, this has been answered yesterday by the president himself. The day before by the president himself on the debate stage, the president was asked this. And he said, sure, three times. Yesterday, he point blank asked, do you denounce white supremacy? And he said, I've always denounced any form of that. And he has. I mean, he has. And yet these reporters Go on and on and on and on. Here's uh, McKinney, McKinney, McKinney. Uh, let's just call her Kaylee Badass because she is just Kaylee Badass. Uh, Kaylee, if I could start off, um, I'd like to ask you for a definitive and declarative statement without ambiguity or deflection. As the person who speaks for the president, does the president denounce white supremacism and groups that espouse it in all their forms? This has been answered 
yesterday by the president himself, the day before by the president himself on the debate stage, the president was asked this. He said, sure, three times. Yesterday, he was point blank, blank asked, do you uh, denounce white supremacy? And he said, I've always denounced any form of that. I can go back and read for you um, in August 2019 in one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. In August of 2017, racism is evil, and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups. I have an entire list of these quotes that I can go through with you. He has condemned white supremacy more than any president in modern history. Just to clear it up this morning, can you, naming it, make a declarative statement that you denounce, that the president denounces it? I just did. Uh, the president has denounced this repeatedly. The, the president was asked this. You're you just, making, you're contriving a no, storyline no, and a narrative. You to put he said, to rest. I just did. I read you all of the quotes. And if you need quotes, to see them in writing, I will put them in an email. Hold on. So, Haley, can you right now denounce white supremacy and the group I that just said The president has denounced white supremacy, the KKK, and hate groups in all forms. He signed a resolution to that effect. Uh, the president just last week, perhaps you all weren't covering it, but just last week expressed his desire to see the KKK prosecuted as domestic terrorists. This president uh, had advocated for the death penalty for a white supremacist, the first federal execution in 17 years. His record on this is unmistakable, and it's shameful that the media refused to cover it and it is shameful it's absolutely shameful john roberts would i mean he kept asking the same question over and over she did answer it so i love this woman she is absolutely the best absolute best practice secretary i have ever ever seen but uh he it, it, it and it carried on afterwards john roberts got his feathers fluffered and i don't get it he kept he he kept saying <clears throat> Those are past statements. Those are past statements. Th 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 those are statements denouncing it. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? What is wrong with our media? What is wrong that they can't go, they can't actually do their own research? And then when somebody says it flat out to them, they go, well, that's past statements. Well, wait a minute. What you want? No, I want it right now. Wait a minute. So if I said it in the past, it doesn't mean anything right. It, it's not valid. I have to say it again and again and again. Well, Kaylee McEnany. Bl just blew him out of the water just blew him out of the water i love how she doesn't stand she doesn't fold she holds her ground she later tweeted out to john roberts i would refer you to your wife's report reporting from 21 hours ago accurate reporting i cited in the white house press briefing so 21 hours prior to that kyra phillips i guess who is john roberts wife just now real president a real president donald trump tells me he denounces white supremacists So prior to that press briefing, John Roberts' wife got from the president himself that he denounced white supremacists. But yet John Roberts wants wants McKaylee to say what? To kowtow to him again? And then John Roberts, he had a fit. He is he, he had a meltdown. Maybe you heard of it. Well, here, let me play it for you. And for all of you on Twitter who were hammering me for answering that quite for asking that question, I don't care. Because it's a question that needs to be asked, and clearly the president's Republican colleagues a mile away from here are looking for an answer for it, too. So stop deflecting. Stop okay. blaming the media. Tired of it. All right. John, John Roberts is tired of it, so we're going to let you go. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, so are we, John. We're tired of it, too. 
we're tired of the media continuing to ask questions that have already been answered and to to flog a dead horse we're tired of the media not having a mediocre of intellectual curiosity to do even a little bit of journalistic integrity and actually go and look at these quotes and report them to the american people we're tired that since the beginning of this presidency you've been calling this president a racist not you specifically people have and you the media have not reported that Trump actually has been denouncing white supremacy, neo-Nazis, and all this crap for years. We're tired of it, John, because you know why we're tired of it? We're tired of it because we're hearing it from all these idiots on our social media platforms say, well, the president's racist. Well, the president doesn't denounce it because you in the media, John, have not reported it accurately. You keep saying he's got to say it now. Otherwise, he's inferring still a racist. It's ridiculous. And we're tired of it. We're tired of the news media. And yes, this does include Fox News. And I'm also tired of people. I'm a conservative. Oh, you just follow Fox News. Oh, bullshit. I, I mean, Fox News is just as crappy as all the other ones, as proved by John Roberts right here. And this is why viewership is dropping across the board. Now, Fox News is the, the most widely viewed news network. But CNN's dropping like a rock. You know, MSNBC can scrape together a little bit of ratings, but overall, ratings aren't good for them. The mainstream media's ABC, CBS, NBC News, they've all dropped. And that's because we're tired of it, John. We're tired of the media not reporting. And we're tired of the media twisting and skewing and making it seem as if we're stupid and you're the elites of the world. Yeah, we're tired of it. I'm tired of it. Oh, my gosh. Just unbelievable. I mean, how many times does Trump have to actually say this? And then a Chris Wallace, right? Horrible, horrible moderator. God-awful moderator. I mean, the man, he wanted to follow his own process and was flustered when the process went off. He had a golden opportunity to have one of the most dynamic debates ever in the history of debates, and he flubbed it because he kept wanting to control it based on his agenda. And he comes out yesterday, Chris Wallace says, Trump bears the primary responsibility for what happened at the debate. So the moderator, the moderator debate bears no responsibility you are the moderator of this debate and you couldn't keep it under control. You couldn't control what was happening right in front of you. And you're going to come out and say, Trump bears the responsibility for what happened at the debate. And that's from the Hill, by the way, that's their headline by Zach. Uh, what is it? Budrick. I mean, please. No, Chris, you could have controlled that, but you chose not to. And you interrupted president Trump way more times than Biden. And by the way, for those who haven't looked at it if you go back and you watch the debate uh the first two minutes trump you know biden spoke trump did not interrupt biden but the first time trump spoke biden interrupted him and chris wallace didn't step in so biden set the he set the standard he set the tone by interrupting trump and i don't recall trump calling biden any names but i do recall biden calling trump names yeah i'm tired of it i'm i'm just Oh, gosh. All right. Well, when I come back, um, real quick, I want to um, bring up something the Proud Boys are doing. Talk a little, just a little bit about them. I don't want to get too much into the Proud Boys. And uh, uh, the debate, um, presidential debate format, they want to change it, which is complete BS. And then I want to break down some more of this Antifa uh <clears throat> refuse fascism George Soros tie-in to the revolutionary Communist Party. USA. Right.
we'll get to that when we come back from the break. PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, charisma coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You you're going to love this workshop. All right, welcome back to the PBO podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Uh, you know, the news that's coming out right now, I mean, this here we are, we're in October. How many October surprises are we going to get, by the way? Is the COVID-19 an October surprise? I don't think it is. I think that's just unfortunate that the president has contacted, contracted COVID-19. Uh, the white supremacy thing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow up in their face. Everything right now you're seeing is even, no matter what your thoughts were on the debate, and I, I, if you listen to this show, you know that I didn't think the debate went very well for Trump. I didn't. I think the debate went very, much better for Biden because he didn't have any cognitive decline issues that we saw. So what's happening now post-debate is all of it starting to turn back to positive for Trump. Now the polling, the polling isn't out yet. You're gonna. You're starting to hear and talk. You see some people talking about polling, but there's one poll that's come out. Uh, a CNBC has come out with Biden is still leading in the polls and voters say he won the first debate. So you got one poll that has come out that shows that Biden has inched up. I think it's the nationally is 13%. That's it. One poll. Uh, if you go up and look at the battleground states and y'all know that's what I watch. There's been no new polling on the battleground states post debate. So it's way too early. So if anyone starts coming out saying that the polling indicates that uh, the the debate went well for Biden. No, no. As of this broadcast, which is October 2nd, I believe is when I'm posting this. No, <clears throat> those those polls haven't come out. They may come out later, but in the day. But right now, if you hear people start talking about how the polling is shifted towards Biden from the debates, that is simply not accurate because it's too early. They haven't, we haven't had enough time yet for the polls post debate that we'll have them next week. We'll start seeing those trends and, and I'll talk about them. And if those trends look bad for Trump, I'll be honest with you and tell you those trends look bad for Trump. All right. So I, I mentioned the proud boys earlier. Now I'm not going to get too much into the proud boys. I'm not a big fan of these types of organizations and groups now, but 
they are the focus du jour of the left right now as the epitome of the white racism and the white supremacy out there. But there's a problem. The guy who is the leader of the Proud Boys right now is half black, half Cuban. I, I mean, I guess he doesn't like himself. I guess he thinks he's inferior. Remember, the definition of racism is one race genetically superior over another. So I guess the current head of the Proud Boys is a self-hater. So now the Proud Boys is this group and the guy who started it, you know, you can say a lot what you want about him. Gavin something, wherever his name is. You know, he started this group. He's a bombastic guy. He said some bombastic things. He started this group as an affront to all this leftist protest going on, like the Antifas or what they're doing in these cities as the way, wait a minute, to say we're not, you know, men shouldn't be getting this bad rap because, you know, men get a bad rap you look at television shows you look at commercials the white male is the most mocked character on tv so this guy puts together this group calls it the proud boys and it's for uh, gavin mcginnis mcginnis is the guy's name and you know and the tenets of this is to treat your wife well uh you know be kind i mean i'm not going to go into what their tenets are but they're not the white supremacist group that everybody's trying to paint them. Do some research on the Proud Boys. They're not white supremacists. They're just not. Are they contentious? Yeah. Have they shown up in these debates or not debates? Um, protests and ha and caused a little raucous behavior? Yeah, probably. But and I say probably. Yeah, they have. But to to label them as white supremacists, that, that all they're doing, all they being the left are doing is they're just trying to minimize what the Proud Boys are trying to do uh, and and paint them as racist so everybody will hate them. They're just spreading their own hate. So the Proud Boys founder announces he is suing Biden, CNN, and reporters who call multiracial patriotic group white supremacists and Nazis. Good for him. So Proud Boys founder Gavin McGinnis has announced that he is suing Joe Biden, CNN, and all of these reporters who call this multiracial patriotic group white supremacist Nazis, despite the fact that the current Proud Boys chairman, Enrique Terrio, is Cuban and African-American. Biden and his media lackeys have been smearing the group as white supremacists since President Donald Trump walloped him in the debate on Tuesday. Now, this is from the report from Gateway Pundit. I'm not Again, I don't, I'm just not saying they walloped them, but anyway, that's there. So Terrio is the Florida state leader of Latinos for Trump. McKinnis announced his intent to sue while speaking to Newsmax host Chris Salazar. So he announced his intent to sue. He hasn't actually sued them, but I hope he does. I mean, I hope he does. He goes on to say the Proud Boys are made up of patriotic men from all ethnicities and backgrounds, but have long been a boogeyman to the left to point fingers and make outrageous claims about in order to stir up fear and division. Uh, McKinnis has previously sued the SPLC. He told Newsmax that smearing people as Nazis is the new N-word as far as he's concerned. Now, I'm not going to agree with that, but <clears throat> obviously smearing people with Nazis and smearing people with the racist uh, logo and the, the white supremacist monarch, yeah, that that is how the left is trying to minimize people on the right. So if you're on the right, you're a racist. If you're on the left, you know, you're intolerant because you're calling everybody who you don't agree with a racist. And it's absolutely out of control. It's it's nonsense. And it's about time that people start standing up to this. And I think that is the legacy of Donald Trump because people are standing up to it. They're getting tired of it. They're getting tired of being labeled all these things. Uh, they're, they're, well, 
we're getting tired of being called white supremacists if we don't agree with your leftist policies. I mean, the black support for President Trump, by all indication, is going to be the highest it's ever been for a Republican candidate in generations. The Latino support for President Trump is off the charts, and it keeps going up. There was a poll that I think it was 66% of Latinos polled on Telemundo thought President Trump won the debate. The left is overplaying their hands as they often do. They're going to overplay the, a Trump catching COVID. They're going to they're overplaying the white supremacy racist thing, and it's going to blow up in their face, which it often does. Again, I always look back at that Paul Wellstone Wellstone funeral as the barometer of what ha will happen when the left overplays their hand, and they do this so often. That's how they lost the election last cycle. Uh, but anyway, I, I mentioned this earlier too. The debate commission plans to cut off mics if Trump and Biden break rules. They're planning a change, and this is bad. This is bad. There's been several pundits that say that Trump should pull out of the debates if they do that, and there's there's some buzz going on. I haven't seen anything from Trump saying that he will, and I don't know about if he should. I don't. One, he should insist that they don't make any changes because that's not what they agreed to. They agreed to what is the debate format right now. So if you make changes now, parties need to agree to that because they've all they've agreed to the debate format. So now when you come and try to change the debate format now, well, hold on here. They don't have to agree to that. They absolutely can pull out. And, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if Trump should, uh, but I think what this does is it takes the cover away from Biden to potentially pull out of the debates, which I thought from the last one, he would use that debate cluster fun park as a reason to, to uh, pull out of debates. But now if they start talking about changing it, Biden can't really pull out. And by the way, the next debate is the president, vice presidential one, and it's October 7th. So that'll be an interesting one. And then uh, October 15th is a second presidential debate. And then October 22nd will be the third and there, there's controversy. I believe it's about the second one is because the guy, Steve Scully, who is uh, uh, moderating that debate, is a former intern for Biden. And there's several media posts where he's with Biden. You know, they're they got their arm around each other. He's saying uh, glowing things about Biden. So he's clearly biased. But that's OK. I'm OK with that because you see, you know how Trump reacts. I mean, Trump doesn't take these things lying down. So I'm perfectly perfectly okay with that because I think it just fuels Trump, gives him uh, an edge, if you will. All right. So let's get into this, um, uh, more of this Antifa connection to, to what's the funding now here. All right. So here's where, why I'm bringing this up in the debate. Uh, Biden said that Antifa is just an idea. And for me, that was outrageous. And even President Trump says, oh, you got to be kidding me. That was his quote unquote. Well, Antifa is an idea. OK, Biden's right about that. But it's a dangerous idea. Antifa. And I actually, if you follow me on uh, TikTok and, and I, by the way, I just put this up on my YouTube page, too. So it, I tried to put this uh, in a, a series of TikToks because you only get a minute of really outlying that Antifa is more than just an idea, and there is leadership behind Antifa. I talked about this on the podcast the other day, too, and I think this is important that we need to uncover who these people are, and we need to understand their tactics and understand who is behind it, because this is more than an idea.
Antifa are communists. Antifa is a communist organization. So it, you can take Antifa all the way through and follow the money, and it brings you right to the Revolutionary Communist Party USA. So, and you can go back in history. In 1932, the German uh, Communist Party created Antifa to fight fascism, which was the Nazis and um, Italy's Mussolini's regime. So you can see it clearly that the Antifa movement was started by communists and it's still funneled and funded and managed and organized by communists. So here's an article that I found from uh, Ant Magazine. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you can sit there and uh, talk about the reputation of this p political rag all you want. I don't really care because there is information in here that points in directions that you know because that's what a lot of left will do oh you know you're, you're using fox news well what kind of source are they you know you know they're a source and if you read between the lines you can find the information you're looking for so just because the source is bad i find a lot of good information on the alphabet soups the abcs the nbc cbs's even cnn even msnbc if you read between the lines you can find a lot of information you can find the truth so this one was um, by Charles Sam Faddis on September 2nd of 2020. It's follow the money. Who's paying to destroy America? And that is the key to all of this. If you really want to find out what these groups are about and <clears throat> understanding them, who is running them or who's managing them, who's leading them, follow the money. It's an old saying, right? And it works every time. You follow the money, things start to pop up. You start seeing it. You start noticing the similar groups and people that are uh, popping up. And it's, it's not a coincidence. So uh, in this article, follow the money, who's paying to destroy America? As violence continues to gut cities across the nation, increasingly the question is, who is behind all of this? Who is organizing and instigating clearly coordinated efforts at tearing this country apart and destroying the existing social, political, and economic system? And now that's very true. There because what they state here, clearly coordinated efforts. It is clearly coordinated. You can't say it's not. This is, these are not organic protests. You had a group of protesters show up outside of the White House when uh, at the last day of the RNC convention when Trump gave his acceptance speech. These are the same people that were in on the West Coast. These are some of the same people that were there that were flown in. Yes, there was flown in. There's a lot of reports that are flown in from other areas. These are coordinated efforts. People are paying for this. There's another political pundit I follow who's phenomenal, by the way, Jan Bongino, love his show, love his show. Uh, he was there and he said, firsthand accounts here, that the hotel, when he was checking out of his hotel, he saw those same protesters checking out of the hotel. So they were, you know, Dan Bongino's not going to stay at a Motel 6. You know, dude's pretty successful at what he does. So they weren't checking out of, you know, Motel 6. They were checking out of a nice place. Or at least, you know, a decent place. So these these uh, protesters can afford places like that? Yeah, follow the money. So uh, as they say, the old adage holds, follow the money. Here it is. Refuse Fascism is a front organization for the revolutionary Communist Party of the United States. Refuse Fascism functions as an umbrella organization supporting Antifa actions all across America. The 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 absolute underlying of all this comes from the Revolutionary Communist Party 
of the United States. And they're using their their paramilitary arm, Antifa, to cause all this. And how are they funneling or how are they coordinated all this? They're coordinating all this through refusefascism.org. That is the group that is coordinating all these efforts. So Refuse Fascism is funded at least in part by an organization called the Alliance for Global Justice. Now, this group is based in Tucson, Arizona, and it was founded in 1998. So who is the Alliance for Global Justice? The Alliance for Global Justice has received funding from a wide range of organizations. This includes the Tides Foundation. Now, the Tides Foundation functions as a sort of legal cutout for groups wishing to donate to leftist causes but want to hide their support. So people funnel money through the Tides Foundations, and the Tides Foundations will send this money to these other groups, such as the Allegiance for Global Justice or even Refuse Fascism. It's called dark money. So dark money transactions for politically liberal and progressive organizations in the areas of the environment, healthcare, labor issues, immigrant rights, gay rights, women's rights, and activism against gun rights and industrial development corporations. So structural racism is a common theme in many Tides Foundations projects, as is the concept of white privilege. So one of the Tides Foundation's projects is the Apollo Alliance, formed under the umbrella of something called the Blue-Green Alliance, and this initiative promotes a radical clean energy revolution whose tenets bear an uncanny resemblance to AOC's Green New Deal. So the article goes on, the Alliance for Global Justice also receives money from other sources. The Open Society Institute and Open Society Foundations, created by George Soros. Okay, there's your connection. Uh, the ARCA Foundation. ARCA gives money to radical environmentalists, anti-corporate activists, and supporters of the communist regime in Cuba. The New World Foundation. From 1982 to 1988, this organization was chaired by Hillary Clinton. The foundation has given money to the communities in solidarity with the people of El Salvador, a group of dedicate a group dedicated to a communist takeover of the nation grassroots international a group with ties to the palestinian liberation organization and earth justice an organization focused on the eliminating elimination of the use of fossil fuels another uh, money funding source for allegiance for global justice is the foundation for deep ecology an organization that considers human beings to be a plague on the earth the foundation embraces the deep ecology platform which emphasizes there must be a substantial reduction in the size of the world's human population and that humans must renounce their current obsession with achieving an increasingly higher standard of living the foundation seeks to block industrial activity and rewild large portions of North America. So the Allegiance for Global Justice originated in an organization called the Nicaraguan Network, a group dedicated to supporting Marxist Sandinistas regime in Nicaragua. It was created by the Nicaragua Network to take charge of action actions focused on areas outside of Nicaragua itself. So <clears throat> the Refuse Fascism group is an offshoot of the Revolutionary Communist Party of the United States. And they don't hide that. It's it's out there. And that refused fascism was created right after Trump was elected. And 
refuse fascism, as stated, is funded at least in part by an organization called the Alliance for Global Justice. And the Alliance for Global Justice has ties to all these radical left-wing organizations and funding apparatuses, and none other than George Soros. And they use the Antifa kids as their military arm. See, these Antifa kids are nothing more than useful idiots. And if you go back and you look at communism, and I think it was either Lenin or Stalin coined the term useful idiots because what they were, what the useful idiots in America, by the way, and where, and I'm paraphrasing all of this. I don't have this pulled up in front of me, but I've reported on this before on the show is what the communist, uh, Russian communists, Stalin or Lenin, I forget which one used Americans useful idiots for is to divide us within because in the communist manifesto, you, it is in there that the way to bring America down is from within. That's what all these groups are doing. They want a communist utopia in our country. Antifa are communists. Here's another article from Capital Research Center. Communists funding the resistance, the Alliance for Global Justice. So the obscure left-wing nonprofit Alliance for Global Justice punches well above its weight. The organization serves as a conduit, helping funds flowing to radical and anti-American groups that terrorize conservatives on campus. It has helped to set the tone of the resistance, quote-unquote, movement opposed to President Trump. So it goes on talking about, you know, <clears throat> that the group really uh, how communism kind of led this. This is all from the base of communists. Now, we don't hear communism much more. And this article does a really good job where it talks about where communism is trying to it's, it's almost like imaging. It's branding because they realize if you say communism now back in the 50s and the 60s, man, you said communism. People were like, oh, no, we don't want communism. So you had to get rid of that branding. So now they want to avoid the term communist. So they bring up all these other things. They use these diff different names. Sorry about that. So, you know, refuse fascism. Well, nobody likes fascism. Let's refuse it. It's a communist organization. It's a communist group. Anti-fascist. Nobody likes fascism. So who's not anti-fascist? Again, communists. They're communists. So let's bring back communists because communism, what they want to do to our way of life is they want to destroy our way of life. They want to destroy America from within because they want this communist utopia that doesn't and never will exist now here's another article this is from uh conservative daily news soros funded refuse fascism to attempt overthrow of u.s government so refuse fascism is the project of a group that has received funding from organizations linked to george soros and they have put a call to action on their website demanding the overthrow overthrow of the trump pence regime set to begin on november 4th Okay, this is an article from October 1st, 2017. So they're, they're right. It, this has been out in the open all this time. Where is our media? Well, they're not going to report this kind of stuff, right? They're just not going to report it. This You've got to go to these alt medias to get this kind of information. Now, the Alliance for Global Justice, these are the guys that are funneling the money. Alliance for Global Justice, sometimes called AFGC, is an organizing, organizing group. Think about that. It is an organizing group that serves as a fiscal sponsor to numerous left-wing initiatives. Among them, refuse fascism. Okay. So it's all over the place. 
You know, the AFGC is funded by a number of center-left foundations, including liberal billionaire George Soros, Open Societies Foundation, Tide Foundation, ARCA Foundation, Cerna Foundation, Public Welfare Foundation, and the Brightwater Fund. The group provides physical, fiscal, fiscal, physical, fiscal money, people, fiscal sponsorship to groups advocating numerous foreign and domestic far left and extreme left causes, including eliminating the state of Israel, supporting convicted violent leftist extremists and advancing various labor union efforts. It's all out there. It's all out there. I mean, it is so blatantly obvious, but our media doesn't want to do the reporting. They don't want to tie these in. They don't want to show Antifa for what they really are. They don't want to explore journalistic integrity and report this so the American people can decide and make decisions and go, wait a minute, I don't want to support that group. I have had conversations uh, with plenty of young people that uh, on TikTok and some other social media, but mainly on TikTok, that actually have gone to these protests. And they say they're primarily peaceful and they buy into this Antifa crap. They buy into Antifa. Is, I mean, one of them even say to me, well, it's anti-fascist. It's in their name. But they have not done any research into this. And here's what I'll do on these social media platforms is I'll start tearing it apart. I'll start pointing to uh, how in the 1930s that the Communist Party is the one that really brought, uh, created Antifa because, you know, they they wanted fascism to go away because they wanted everything to be communism. They didn't want fascism. Fascism. Communists don't like fascism because they believe it's just communism light. They want full blown communism. And <clears throat> I, I mean. The 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 shutdown I'll get from some older people. Yeah, not the younger ones. The younger ones will start listening. But then some will come in and then they'll start, you know, with the vitriol of your racists and all that kind of crap. This this stuff is it's all out there on the Internet. None of what I'm saying is, is hidden. It's all out in the open. This refuse fascism group. They're they're a bad group. And they are a direct offshoot of the revolutionary Communist Party. So what the Communist Party is doing, what communists are doing right now, is they're masking who they are. Now, the revolutionary Communist Party has been around since 1979. Well, now communism, you know, nobody even, nobody, you say communism, nobody says anything. N not a thing. Everybody's a fascist. All of a sudden, you know, Trump's a fascist. All these left-ran cities that these Antifa people are protesting in, are they fascist? Everyone's a white supremacist. See, what they're doing is they're, it's marketing. If they label enough people as white supremacists, some will start to believe it. If they use the, the moniker anti-fascist or refuse fascism, well, that's not bad. It's all marketing. It's all branding. And it's all coming from Communist Party. It's coming from communists because what they want is they want absolute power. Now, remember, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I gave this analogy yesterday. I'm going to give it again because I think it really solidifies the point of why communism can't work and it won't work. You know, I, as I mentioned, I visited Bulgaria, spent two weeks in Bulgaria, uh, spent some time in Plovdiv, which, oh my gosh, did I love Plovdiv. What a beautiful city. And then Sofia or Sofia, which is their uh, capital city, a gorgeous city. Oh, Bulgaria, 
it, it's a hidden gem. If you want to take, uh, again, I mentioned this before, a uh, trip to the old world Europe, man, Bulgaria is wonderful, but it's an old communist bloc country. So you still have all these apartment, mid-rise apartment towers from the communist bloc, from the communist era. And in each one of those, you've got an apartment on each corner of the building. You have four corners. At the very top, there's an apartment. They have balconies. Well, I want the balcony. I want to be on a corner because I want a view of Safia. I want view of the landscape. Maybe I can see Plovdiv from my balcony at the very top. That's the apartment I want. Well, you can't have it. Why? Because we're the state party and we assign where you're going to live. We assign your job. We assign your paycheck. We tell you what you can and cannot do and where you're going to live. We're going to provide for you. We're the state. You don't have to worry. We are going to provide. But I want that top apartment. Can I get it? No. Why? Because I gave it to Vladimir. Well, why why did Vladimir get it? It doesn't matter. Well, I just I was you know, I'd really like to have that top apartment. Nope, you can't have it. You, we've assigned you to a basement near the um heating unit. Well, it's loud. I don't want that. That's what you get. The state provides. If you don't like it, well, we got a place we'll send you. Or we'll just kill you. That's communism. It can't work. Human nature dictates communism cannot work, but these people want communism to work because it goes back to that old animal farm line. All animals are equal. Some animals just more equal than others. All right. So <clears throat> a lot of stuff happening. I, this um, real quick on the um, refuse uh, fascism group. They have vowed, they have set a schedule for on October 3rd. They're going to, so tomorrow, they're going to have protests across the country and they vowed to have protests every day leading up to election day. So watch this, watch all these protests. They're not going away. Now the left needs them to go away, but they're not going away because this group, this refused fascism group, they have announced they're going to do all these protests. Uh, I saw Cornel West on Facebook talking about everybody needs to, that he's a part of this and that everybody needs to be protesting every day up through election day. All right. Sorry about that. I had a mic problem. So this refused fascism group has vowed to have protests every day starting October 3rd through Election Day. Now, watch it. Watch the Antifa people will be there because that that's a, a wing of this refused fascism. And this refused fascism group, you're going to see the banners. You're going to see all this uh, on the media. And they are all part of the Revolutionary Communist Party. USA. Don't be fooled. You know, you're going to see their, their signs that they use are orange and black. Trump, Pence, Out Now are a lot of their signs that they use. These are all professionally printed signs. Don't be fooled by this. These are communists. They want to destroy your way of life. They want to instill this communist utopia because they don't believe our system of checks and balances in governments, our capitalist system, is right. They want you to be a ward of the state. Communism is still around, and it should be vilified and as feared as it was back in the early 1900s. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please visit us on our website, pblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm putting my TikTok videos up there, and I'll be doing some other series of videos too. Nothing long, very quick snippets, but just to have something out there to keep the conversation going. Again, thanks for listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.